0: Philippians chapter 1, and we'll begin reading with verse number 1. Paul and Timotheus, the servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus which are at Philippi with the bishops and deacons, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making requests with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Even as it is meet for me to think this of you all because I have you in my heart inasmuch as both in my bonds and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, ye all are partakers of my grace. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, as we bow in your presence, Lord, I do thank you for the Word of God and thank you for the privilege that we have to be here with the people of God fellowship together and worship you Lord thank you for the opportunity again to preach and I realize without the touch of God Lord I can do nothing help me oh God today to be a blessing to be a help to this congregation you know every need you know every heart you know if there's one that's outside of Christ and Lord I pray if they are that they'd come to Jesus today Heavenly a father encourage your people Do for us that we cannot do for ourselves, and we'll thank you, in Jesus' name, Amen. (coughs) I want to bring a message today on the subject of memory. Uh, We're thinking of Memorial Day, which will be tomorrow, and for most people, it's a, a a day off of work. Some people have to work, but some people are off and. Vacations, They say it's the first day of the vacation season. But uh, this day was started following the Civil War, the war that took more American lives than any other war that America's been involved in. And uh, since that time, it's been observed in memory of those that gave their life for you and I, for our country, now, memory is a wonderful thing. We think of the subject of memory. We remember those that are fallen in battle. And memory is a wonderful thing. Or it can be a tormenting thing. It depends on the memory that we are recalling. And we see because of the business that psychiatrists do that memory can be a tormented thing. Now, doctors tell us that everything that you see, hear, or do is recorded on your memory. Now, we have problems recalling. Uh, I forgot my tie this morning. Uh, But uh, we have problems sometimes recalling things. But uh, uh, because of the curse of sin, you know, the fact that uh, we remember all these things is evident sometimes as you get older, you can remember things that happened back in your childhood easier than you can remember what happened yesterday. And this shows us that that, that, that thing is, is recorded there on the brain. Now we marvel at computers and what they can do. But the greatest computer cannot begin to measure up to the human mind and brain, the capacity that you and I have. A computer can only remember what has been programmed onto it. But the mind is different. It's a wonderful thing to remember. Now, there's different memories that we have. First of all, there is a thankful memory. Now, for Israel, the Passover was a reminder of what God had done for them and delivering them from Egyptian bondage. And the Lord established this event lest they forget what God had done for them. You know, we forget. I think uh, we, we begin to take things for granted And, and it's because we, we forget. We forget where the Lord brought us from. We forget what God has done for us. And so Israel was given the Passover observance to remind them that God spared them on the night when the firstborn was killed. Now for you and I, it's the Lord's Supper. And say in 1 Corinthians 11, he talks about uh, uh, the, the, the Lord instituted this. You take of uh, this bread as remembrance of my body which was given for you. You take of uh, the, uh, the fruit of the vine as a memorial of my blood. Next week we will observe the Lord's Supper here at Maranatha Baptist Church. And we do it on a regular basis to remind us of the price that Jesus paid for our salvation. I'm glad that salvation is free. We talked about this in our adult two Sunday school class and the wonderful grace of God that brings salvation to sinful man. And I'm so thankful to God today that he established salvation by grace. And if it's not of grace, then I have no hope of ever having heaven as my home. But thank God he provided salvation as a gift to whosoever will. Let him take of the water of life freely. Though salvation is free to you and I, salvation is not free because it cost God his very best. It cost the Lord his life and the Lord wants us to remember. Now when we think of that, it ought to arouse gratitude in our hearts for what the Lord has done for us. I don't think we begin to comprehend what we have in Jesus Christ, that God has given us salvation. And uh, as we are reminded of this, we are reminded of the price that Jesus paid for our redemption, then it ought to cause us to be thankful. And that memory, I ought to say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for saving me. You know, we have testimonies, and people give testimonies as these did today. And usually, most Christians will start off in a testimony, I'm thankful most of all that the Lord saved me. And rightly so. You know, the greatest thing that we have in this world is to be saved by the grace of God and to know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. What a blessing and what a joy to be a child of God this morning. And then I'm thankful for the fellowship of God's people. Here in verse 3, the Apostle Paul says, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, for you all making requests with joy. And uh, he, uh, as he remembered them in his prayers, it caused them to be thankful. Thank God that we have a church. That we have, we have people to come. And we can, we can fellowship together. You know, sometimes we, in our adult two class, we go out and have a meal together enjoy the fellowship and, and, uh, you know what? You know what the people enjoy. You know what the class members enjoy. It's not the meal so much. They could eat somewhere else. They could eat alone. They could eat at home. But it's the fellowship. Being with other Christians. The fellowship of Christian people. God binds us together in Jesus Christ. And you know we ought to be closer to where. Christian friends, they are our earthly friends, really. God makes that bond uh, in such a way, and so he was thankful uh, for these fellow believers in Jesus Christ. His memory of them caused him to be thankful. We ought to pray for one another on a regular basis. You know that'll give you an appreciation for your fellow Christians if you pray for them, if you begin to call their name in prayer, and when we have prayer requests for, the, for our uh, people that are sick and relatives of our members, and I hope you, uh, you remember them, and it's good to write them down and pray for them specifically. And by the way, that's the kind of prayers that get answered. Lord, heal the sick. That doesn't, get in, that doesn't get answered. Save the lost. Those kind of prayers don't get answered. You begin to pray specifically for individuals. You pray that God may restore to health specific individuals and call their name to God in prayer. You'll begin to see your prayers answered. And we need to have that same concern. We need to have that same uh, care for them. And uh, again, it will cause us to be thankful for our fellow Christians. The Bible says in Proverbs ten seven, the memory of the just is blessed, but the name of the wicked shall rot. You know how they have a good memory. That's why you'll live right. So when you get old, you'll have some good memories. Some people, when they get old, they're so cantankerous you can't get, can't live with them. Now, I hope you won't be that. I, I preached a message one time on the, the old man who lives down the road. And he's out there for you. And you're that old man or that old lady down the road that you're going to have to live with. And so be careful about attitudes and be careful about the way we live so when we get old we'll have the right kind of memories. A thankful memory. Then there's a tearful memory. You know there's memories that can bring tears to our eyes. The passing of a loved one. The memory of that uh, can bring tears. The memory of of unfaithful service or backsliding on God can bring tears. Turn to Matthew 26, and we'll see an example of this in Matthew 26. Matthew twenty-six sixty-nine, And it says, Now Peter sat without in the palace, and a damsel came unto him, saying, Thou also wast with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied before them all, saying, I know not what thou sayest. When he was gone out into the porch, another maid saw him, and said unto him, that uh, said unto them that were there, This fellow was also with Jesus of Nazareth. And again he denied with an oath, I do not know the man after a while came unto him they that stood by and said to Peter, Surely thou also art one of them, for thy speech bereath thee. Then began he to curse and to swear, saying, I know not the man. And immediately the cock crew. Now think of this. Here's a man that had walked with Jesus for three and a half years. Here's a man that had heard him preach. Here's a man that had saw the miracles. He had saw the demonstration of the power of God. And yet here's a man that Jesus, Jesus had warned, he says before the cock crow, you'll deny me three times. Not just one time, but three times. And Peter said, Lord, I'll go with you to the prison and to death. I'll never deny you. though all men deny you. Not me. These other disciples, they may deny you, but I'll never deny you. But he not only denied Christ, but he began to curse and to swear and say, I don't even know Jesus Christ. But I like Peter. And the reason I like him is because he was willing to recognize his sin and repent before God. The Bible said in verse 75, And Peter remembered the word of Jesus, which said unto him before the cock crow, Thy shalt deny me thrice. And he went out and wept bitterly. You know why Peter uh, sinned? He forgot. Very quickly, as Jesus is arrested, Peter becomes afraid. And he forgets what the Lord had warned him about. How often we forget. It's possible to come to church, hear the word of God, and go away and forget it all. Psalmist said, Thy word of a hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. And the way to keep from sin is to remember what God has said. And he remembers the word of the Lord and he goes out and he weeps because of that memory. Sometimes we have memories that bring tears, memories of unfaithful service. I've been by the bedside of those that were dying and I've seen them weep bitter tears as they reflected on their life and looked back over their life and they'd say, Preacher, you know, if I had my life to live over, I'd have lived it different. And that's a bitter memory, isn't it? You know, I would live it different. Some people, they have to stand by the graveside of their mother or father. And many of the tears that are shed are tears of regret for how they've treated them, how they've neglected them. Tears of sorrow. And I pray that we'll live our life and we'll treat people in such a way so when we come to the end of life, will not have tearful memories. And so there's a thankful memory, then there's a tearful memory. Then there's another memory, and that's a tormented memory. Turn to Luke 16, a very familiar scripture, Luke chapter 16 in your Bible, and we have a tormented memory. One thing that you'll find people take with them into eternity is memory. Again, memory is the wonderful thing. And though we may not remember it now, we'll be, re- be able to remember in eternity. This is a familiar story. I'll not read it all the story of a Rich Man and Lazarus. Some say it's a parable. It is not a parable. This is an actual story. This actually happened, it's an actual event. And the Bible said, there was a certain rich man. No parable begins like that. There was a certain rich man. Not there was a man. There was a certain rich man. A real individual, which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And then there was a beggar There was a certain beggar, and he names the beggar, Lazarus, whose name means God is my trust. The Bible said that the rich the beggar was laid at the gate of the rich man. He was had swords, he desired the bread that the rich man would not give to him. And it came to pass they both die, as all men die, as every person in this building will die. Sometime, unless Jesus comes in the rapture, I believe there's a good opportunity for for you not to die because I believe the Lord's coming. But if the Lord does not return first, we will all die, and the rich die as well as the poor. And the rich man died and was buried, and in hell he lifted up his eyes. Being in torment, Lazarus dies and is carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. Abraham's bosom was located in paradise in the heart of the earth at that time. Now it has been moved to the third heaven, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, at the ascension of Christ. But here we have this story of this rich man. And the Bible said he lifts up his eyes being in torment and he sees Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom and he cries and asks for mercy and asks for water. This shows me there's life after death. People say, well, it all ends at the grave. No, it doesn't. It only begins. Eternity begins when life is over and it goes on forever. And this rich man in hell begging for water you know, there's a lot of things this story tells us about condition beyond the grave and about the soul. Man is a triune being. Man is a body, soul, and spirit. And you can live outside of your body and your soul has the form of the body and has the appearance of the body and has all the senses of the body. The rich man can see, he can hear, he can feel, he can touch, he can taste, he has all of his senses. And he sees Abraham, though Abraham does not have the body. He sees Lazarus, though Lazarus don't have the body, he can recognize them. And you go on in a very real life when this life is over. This man, though he does not have the body, He has the soul, and the soul, the Bible said, God breathed into man's nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul, and the soul has the form and the appearance of the body. He said, I am tormented in this flame. He lifts up his eyes, he begs for water, a drop of water to put on his tongue. He has a tongue, he has all of his facilities. And the soul again goes on living outside of the body. The body only makes us suitable for this earth life. There's angels in this building today. You can't see them, but they're there. Does that mean they're not real? No, it doesn't mean that at all. They have a different service to perform for God. And so... Hear this man, the Bible said, that he begs for water. And verse 25, the verse I want you to see, But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus' evil things. But now he is comforted, and thy art tormented. He said, Remember how it used to be he remembered what he had and he was tormented by his memory. He remembered the opportunity he had to be saved and he rejected that opportunity. He remembered his five brothers when he realized this, there's no hope for him. He said, I have five brothers. Sent Lazarus to warn them lest they come to this place of torment. And he said, they have Moses and the prophets. They have the word of God. And I want to say to you, that this is the instrument that God has chosen to bring salvation. If you reject this, there is no other way of salvation. The Bible says you've got to be born again to go to heaven in John 3. And 1 Peter 1, 23 says, being born again, not of crutchable seed, but of uncrucible by the word of God. God, which liveth and abideth forever. That's how you get born again, by the word of God. And if that doesn't commit you of salvation, the Bible said if one rose from the dead, people would still not believe. If Jesus allowed Lazarus to get up out of the grave, his body, and come back to this earth and stand and preach, people still would not get saved if they will not get saved from hearing the word of God. Now four times it says in this account that the rich man was tormented. In verse 23, and in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments. Verse 24 said that he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus. He may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. For I am tormented in this flame. And he said, Here I am tormented in this flame. There's a real fire in hell. Verse 25, he said, Son, remember, Thy in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, likewise, Lazarus' evil things, but now he is comforted, and Thy art tormented. Verse 28, he said, I have five brethren he may testify unto them lest they also come into this place of torment. A tormented memory. Besides the fire, besides the darkness, beside the worms, beside the falling forever, beside all the other things that would be tormented in hell, the torment of memory. Tormented by one's memory. The opportunity to get right with God. The opportunity to be saved. To be so close to salvation and yet not respond to it. What a tormented thing. He had a tormented memory. And if you go to hell today, you will live with the torment of your memory forever and you'll be reminded of the day for the endless ages when you sat at Maranatha Baptist Church and heard the gospel and did not respond to it. What a torturous, tormenting thing that would be. And it will happen to multitudes. I've told you many times I'll tell the story again for the sake of folks that have not heard it about the young man another church. I passed a young man that sat on the front seat. No one's on this seat today, but that day, that seat and every seat in the building was filled. And he sat right there as close as that pew is to this altar. Nineteen-year-old, and I preached the gospel. And the Holy Spirit of God dealt with his heart. A man standing beside of him, a young preacher, I saw him speak to him as I was giving the invitation. He told me after the service, he said, I simply asked him, if you'll go, I'll walk with you. I'll go with you. This is what he said. He said, not today. I've got too much living to do. And he did not come. Others came, others were saved, but he did not come. The service was dismissed. That was the last service he was ever in. He'd never come to our church. He never went to any church. That was God's final call. I talked to his girlfriend. She said he never had any interest after that. Just a couple of months later, maybe not that long. Can't remember exactly how long it was. He was out drinking with his buddies one night. They went around this curve and they were going too fast. And there was a terrible accident. He was killed on the spot. He went on into eternity. I'll never forget that as long as I live. And he'll never forget it for eternity. He'll never forget. He had no idea when he said, I got too much living to do. That in less than a couple of months he'd be in eternity he thought he'd have other opportunity he thought i'm young i've got my whole life i've got time i'm gonna drink i'm gonna party i'm gonna i'm gonna sin i'm gonna live it up and when i get older i'm gonna settle down and i'm gonna become a christian but he didn't he had less time than he thought and he went out into eternity that's been at least twenty years ago, probably or more. And for over twenty years he's been in hell. And there's never been a day in hell. It's all eternal night there, but there's never been a day in hell that he hadn't been reminded. He has seen himself clearly sitting on that pew. He's seen himself in that church. He's 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 Remember the conviction of the Holy Spirit of God on his heart. He's remembered the opportunity. He's remembered he was only four or five steps away from salvation. He took a chance and he lost. I'll take the chance. I'll run the risk. And he lost. And for the billions of years since that time, he'll remember the opportunity he had. He can never be saved, but I pray to God that through his story that others will be saved. That through that example, that others will not make the same mistake and be lost forever. A tormented memory. Then there's a triumphal memory. In the book of Malachi, chapter 3, last book of the Old Testament, page 983, if you have a Schofield Bible, Malachi 3, 16 through 18. The Bible said, Then they that feared the Lord spake often one to another, and the Lord hearkened and heard it. and a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord and that thought upon his name. And they shall be mine, saith the Lord of hosts, in the day when I make up my jewels. and I will spare them as a man spareth his own son that serveth him. Then shall ye return and discern between the righteous and the wicked, between him that serveth God and him that serveth uh, him not. Now notice here, he said there's a book of remembrance for them that fear the Lord and that thought upon his name. You think about the Lord, you know, the Bible teaches that not only will my works be rewarded, not only if I, if I serve the Lord, if I witness for Christ, will I be rewarded for that, but the Bible teaches that if I just think about the Lord, God writes that down. Think of that. I go through the day, I think about the Lord. You know the problem we have? The Bible says a man thinketh in his heart so is he. The problem we have, we don't think. We it's, it's a problem with our memory. We forget about the Lord. We don't consider the Lord. And we go through life, we get busy, not necessarily in sinful activity, but we get busy with our job and busy with the responsibilities of the day, and we don't even think about the Lord. Isn't that right? That's, That's our biggest battle, is the battle in the mind. And we're so busy with our job and so busy with this. But God said, those that thought on my name, I've got a book of remembrance. It would remember every every time during the day. And I think the secret of this is starting every day out with Jesus and giving every day, committing ourselves to the Lord, as I mentioned last week, on a daily basis. A thankful memory. Turn to Revelation 5. Revelation chapter 5. Revelation 5, verse 9 and 10 said, And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book, open the seals thereof, for Thou was slain, hast redeemed us of God by Thy blood, out of every kindred, and tongue, and people, and nation and has made us unto where God, kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. You're worthy to take the book. And the book here has to do with the judgment of the earth and uh, making it a place, a fit place for the child of God. And he opens the book, and he says, you've redeemed us. So there, it's a triumphal memory that we will have. In Revelation chapter 15 and verse two, 2 through 4, And I saw, as it were, a sea of glass mingled with fire, and them that have gotten the victory over the beast, and over his image, and over his mark, and over the number of his name, stand on the sea of glass, having the harps of God. And they sing the song of Moses, a servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty, just and true are thy ways, thy king of saints. Who shall not fear thee, O Lord, and glorify thy name? For thou only art holy. For all nations shall come and worship before thee. For thy judgments are made manifest. Now the point I make here, what, what kind of memory will we have? Will it be a triumphal memory we stand in the presence of the Lord? We have a memory of faithful service, a memory of uh, even our very thoughts have been given to Jesus Christ. Or will it be a memory of unfaithful service? Will it be a, a memory of tears? I mentioned the tearful memory. I have a message I preach on will there be tears in heaven? You say, I know the answer to that. There'll be no tears in heaven. Because the Bible says God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. But may I remind you, that scripture is in Revelation 21. And that's at the end of the thousand year reign, the beginning of eternity, when God wipes the tears away. And you can't wipe some away, that's not fair. We go into eternity, God's going to wipe all the tears away. But, but before we reach that day, There's going to be some tears. Will their memories bring tears to our eyes? Will we remember that we were not faithful in the service of the Lord? We'll regret not reading the Bible as we ought to read it. We'll regret not praying as we ought to pray. I was talking to Brother Payne the other night, and we were talking about the lack of prayer. He said, Our Bible colleges are turning out preachers, but not many of them are turning out prayers. And I thought, How true! How true that is. But you can't have one without the other, can you, effectively? But if you don't pray, you'll regret it. If you don't witness, you'll regret it. If you don't come to church, you'll regret it. You may not regret it now, but you'll regret it one day. The judgment seat, when you realize what it cost you. If you don't give, you'll regret it. And it may bring tears to our eyes, tearful memories. May God help us to live for Christ so when we meet God that we'll not have those regrets. We can look at our life and Paul looked over his life and he said, I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I've kept the faith. What a testimony. You can look, come to the end of it. Lord, I've done my best for you. That's the way to live, folks. That's the only way to live. No other kind of life makes any sense. Live for Jesus. Psalm 112, 6 said, Surely he shall not be moved forever. The righteous shall be an everlasting remembrance. A blessed memory. As we think about memories, remembering those that are fallen in battle, may God help us to be reminded that we need to have the right kind of memory. The right kind of memory. If you're unsaved today, you'll have a tormented memory one day if you don't get saved. And If you are saved and you're not living for God, you'll have a memory of regret. You'll have a tearful memory at the judgment seat of Christ when you see your works go up in fire. Wasted life. Wasted life. I told you about those that I've been by the bedside and they'd say, Preacher, you know, if I could live my life over, you no doubt have heard it. If I could live my life over, I'd live it differently. But they can't live it over, can they? God's not going to give them a new life and say, Okay, I'll let you start over. What I do today will affect me 10,000 years from now as far as rewards. I can't live yesterday over. It's gone. What did you do for God yesterday? Anything? Did you think about him? Did you tell anybody about him? Did you invite anybody to church? Did you read your Bible yesterday? Did you pray yesterday? Is yesterday marked off? Could you put a... Put an X to yesterday and say yesterday means nothing, wasted. As far as eternity is concerned, what about today? You started off right. You're in church. You're going to be here tonight. You can't live your life over, folks. But you know I've never, I've never been by the bedside of anybody that lived for God when they come to the end of life, say, you know, I'm sorry I got saved and I'm sorry I lived for Jesus and I'm sorry I went to church and I'm sorry I read my Bible and I'm sorry I witnessed, I'm sorry I done any of that. I wish I lived for the devil. I wish I lived in sin. I wish I'd have been a drug addict. wish I'd have been a drunk. I'm sorry I got saved. I'm sorry I lived for Christ. You ever hear anybody say that? You never will. But you'll hear the other over and over again. If I could do it over. I've had people saved in the deathbed, but you know I've heard them testify. You know, if I could live my life over, I'd have got saved younger. I remember Sidney Oliver. He was a drunk. He was a military man, spent his whole life in the military. My wife's brother worked with him. And he got sick. He said, "I've got a man. I want you to go see in the hospital." He told me about him. Said, "Now he, you know, he may uh, cuss you out." I said, "I'll go see him." I went and see him. Developed a friendship. I remember the first time I met him in the hospital. He just got through surgery. He says, "You know, preacher." He said, uh, I bet the doctor a case of beer I was going to come out of this. He's going to have to pay up. Here's a man that's had one of his lungs removed. He's got cancer. Huge man, strong. I began to deal with him, invite him to church, talk to him about the Lord. He said, I'll tell you what. I'll come to your church one time, and if I don't like it, you leave me alone. I said, okay. That's all it took. God saved him. The doctor said he'll live six months. He lived a couple of years, I think. He'd sit in the back in the chair he we were not harder on him. He had, we had a chair back there for him. A man, that weighed 275 pounds, probably muscle, dwindled down to about 125. And he'd walk, we had a couple of aisles, and he'd, he'd walk the aisle and he'd come down. He said, I'd like to say something. He'd say, you know, the best thing ever happened to me was when I got cancer, when I lost my lung, because through that I come to know the Lord. And he said, I just only regret I didn't come to the Lord when I was a young man. You have my whole life for Jesus. Well, he had a couple of years to serve God, show for the Lord, but most of his life was wasted. God help us to have blessed memories. Let's bow our heads.